0: What we suggested to this builder was, get your iPhone out and actually go on a building site and talk about the materials you're using on this build or what the challenges are and basically document it like a diary. And he did it. And his followers doubled and then tripled in a month. Amazing, just that sort of really short, sharp, think sort of Snapchat, think sort of TikTok type of videos, just really quick, speak to the camera. And I think that really reinforces what he does and also builds up that personal connection with
1: people.
2: Welcome to Marketing Builder, the show where you'll get lots of little bricks of marketing advice to help you build up your marketing and your business. Drawing on over 20 years of marketing experience, your host Daniel Oyston will dive into a topic and provide you with short, sharp and to the point marketing advice that you can apply to your marketing straight away. Welcome to Marketing Builder, let's get on with the show
1: hey hey legends pumped to have you joining me for this episode of marketing builder and also Damien ma from Newcastle studios that's who you heard at the start of the show and he joins us today to talk about how you can use video in your marketing Now Damien has worked in video production and tv broadcast for almost 30 years he began his career in the parliamentary press gallery in tv news and current affairs with a stint in Europe working for music media as well. With a string of credits in TV commercials, music videos, and documentaries, Damien moved back to Australia to creative roles at the ABC, Foxtel, and Fairfax. And he launched Newcast Studios in Canberra, and it has been servicing the local market for about 10 years now. According to one source, based on total website traffic, social media behemoth YouTube is the second most visited site behind only Google. Further, of global internet users aged 16 to 64 use the internet to watch videos. And I'd hazard a guess that that number would be pushed higher if we all included our under 16s. Now, internet users aged 16 to 64 then spend an average of two hours and 25 minutes on social media each day. And that all adds up to video being a strong consideration tactic in your marketing but how can you best use it what do you need to consider what equipment do you need what mistakes do you need to avoid well as i said that's why damien marr from newcast studios is here to help us with all of that here's damien <coughs> Damien, welcome to the show. And I invited you on the show because of your extensive video experience. You've spent time behind the camera and editing in not only Australia, obviously, but also Japan and Sweden and you have freelanced across other parts of Europe as well. Sounds very exciting considering we're in lockdown at the moment. But what would you say has been the most memorable thing that you've ever filmed?
0: I think that the most memorable thing I've ever filmed was the MTV Music Awards Uh, That was in Stockholm. Uh, So I was a producer then and basically my job was to bring together, produce a series of interstitials. Interstitials are essentially little snippets of video content that go between one program and another. And so I was tasked with working with the artists who are all the headline acts for that exact show. And basically what I had to do is we had to give them these scripts and come up with ideas and, you know, give them make these little five-minute interstitials. So we had Moby... Jennifer Lopez. But probably the most memorable was Madonna. Madonna was there at, uh, we had to work with Madonna and Madonna's producers basically wrote to MTV and said, you can't talk to Madonna directly. You can't do this. You got to talk to her, you know, her side, her side uh, people. And essentially, you know, we were really nervous, and then we had to do the filming with Madonna. She was going to turn up in this big room, and you know, a crew of ten became a crew of literally fifty. All these like hangers-on, people just carrying light stands, etc., just wanting to see Madonna. And then it's like it's it was it was a really surreal moment. Like you know, the 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 audience parted, and you know, Madonna just kind of struts down, you know, waving her hips back and forward. And anyway, I had this guy working with me, a Scottish guy and Heineken was the sponsor. And uh, basically there was just buckets of free Heineken all over the stadium for this event. And he had just been drinking all day. He was so drunk by the time Madonna turned up and she walked straight past him and he just looked at him and went, hey, it's Madonna. And she just said, oh, hey, you're so cute. And she's just talking to everyone like it was just natural. And then the whole room just relaxed. And so that was probably my most memorable moment was, you know, not meeting Madonna but working with Madonna and that relaxing of the room was, was a really great occasion.
1: Great story. MTV and Madonna, that's the peak. Let's bring it down a little bit. Another fun icebreaker question. What was the last video that you shot on your phone?
0: Oh, it'd be of my son probably doing something for school, I'd say. Uh, No, look, the last video I shot of my phone, I don't really use my phone for content that I would put online because obviously we're a professional production company. So for me, a phone's probably something I wouldn't use, but that's not to say I wouldn't encourage other people to use it. But yeah, I just use it for home videos, really
1: glad you would not not encourage other people to use their phone for video content because that's why we're here to talk about video in people's marketing. So let's get to the serious stuff. Why is video such a popular thing not only for businesses to use but also for at the other end for people to consume especially on social media these days.
0: I mean I'm biased
1: obviously, but video
0: is it's a connection between you and your customers. It's easy to consume, it's engaging, you can combine text together with images, or it can just be, you know, voiceover, there's just so many methods you can use with video. So I I just
1: think it's the most powerful medium
0: that people could
1: use. It can seem a little daunting, for some, having to stand up in front of a camera and and talk and they've got to worry about their hair and what they look like and what their background is and all that sort of stuff, let alone the actual content of what they need to cover off and some of the production value that goes into it. What are some tips that you would give for helping people to get ready for video or to make the whole process just run smoothly? Because I know when I've done video in some of my roles, you, you grab the camera, you set it up, and then you realize that you haven't really paid attention to a whole bunch of things and you spend the next half an hour trying to get the camera right and the lighting right and the background right and the framing right. What's some tips that you would give to help people get that process to run really smoothly?
0: Taking it back a step, if you're going to produce video, it really depends on the business and you know, what you're offering is. So let's just say you're a plumber. And it's all about you and your personality, or well, not your personality, but you as a person. And you know, video is really an excellent tool for you because you you basically want to make it about yourself. Really, it's about your service offering. So, if it's not about you as a person, then what's your service? So, really, you're making a video about your service. So, I think there's different tiers of video. I don't think uh, I think a lot of people get caught in the trap of thinking, oh, I've got to make video, so they get their phone out and they make a video of themselves, and it just doesn't really resonate because. You know, for instance, my business as a video production company—it's not about me; it's about the company and it's about the offering. So when we're packaging up our servicing, we're actually providing—you know—snippets into what we can provide people because that's what they're going to be looking at. They're not going to be looking at a video of me; they're going to be looking at, well, what can these guys produce? What's the quality? So really, it's about working backwards from—you know—what you're trying uh, to—you know—sell to your clients. But let's just say that you uh, are—you know—going to make your own own video of yourself. I think probably the worst thing that people do uh, is that they don't use a tripod or they don't position their camera in a certain way or they might position it too high or too low. So it's really about, first of all, either going to Officeworks and buying a $10 ring light or, you know, something really cheap just to hold your phone up. Second thing to think about, obviously, is audio. Uh, People always kind of, you know, I see videos all the time where uh, people are sort of standing there at the back of the room and they're making a video and you can't hear them um, because your camera microphone is only... On your phone is really only for you know phone calls it's not for picking up across the room you needed a proper microphone and um if you can probably hear my voice i'm speaking through a 1500 microphone so the, the money you spend actually really reflects the quality you get now i'm not saying you should do go and you know fork out 1500 bucks for a microphone Again, Officeworks has these really cool USB mics you can kind of use with your um, with your iPhones and they're $100. And I would just recommend going out and buying one of those anyway because they're really good for things like Zoom, which we're doing more of, but you can also use it for production. And then lastly, it's lighting. You know another big scene is people stand in front of the window. Essentially, the camera in your phone is on auto, which means it will auto adjust depending on the light. So if the light's bright behind you, the phone thinks, well, that's the brightest point. I'm just going to, you know, get darker and then you become a silhouette. Or the opposite, where it's too dark and you become too bright or grainy. So long answer short, I think the best thing to do is get your phone, set it up properly, look at it, think about what you see as quality and what you don't see as quality, and then basically you record. So it's all about the setup. So as a video production company, we don't just rock in and press record. We spend all this time setting up, looking at the lighting, thinking about the sound, the best position. So that's why the, you know, the quality is important because it's all about you know the preparation.
1: I love that point about how you don't just rock in and and press record. You you spend time thinking about the the elements that go into a great video. Would you agree that some good advice would be, okay, you might have bought the ring light and the tripod and the mic and you've considered the lighting. Have a bit of a practice. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to go, okay, I've got to get this video about my business or my service or myself right now. Have a little bit of fun playing with it and make some mistakes that don't really matter and then refine your approach.
0: Absolutely. Every video we produce is, is fixed in editing. There's, you can never get anything right on the first go. You know, another tip I probably didn't uh, mention in the last uh, question was an iPad or uh, a phone with an auto cue, like a teleprompter is also a really good resource. There are teleprompter apps out there, which will actually play the script on your phone. And you can look into the camera at the same time. No one, even the best TV presenter, even Madonna, (laughs) probably can't remember their lines, you know, it's impossible. So an auto cue is a really good method to delivering content, um, that is important, you know, to getting it right. Uh, I think the issue is, is that another thing, you know, so in the last lockdown, I sort of made my own videos and I just winged it and it must've taken me 10 takes to get it right. It was terrible. (laughs) Um, so I actually invested in one of these apps, I bought it. And then what you do is you practice and by reading the script, you actually realize how bad the script is you've just written. Because when you write it down out of your head, you go, oh, that's really great. I'm going to talk about this business and it's going to make all this sense. And then you read it out and you go, that doesn't make any sense. So it's all about reading it through, making corrections, you know, hearing how it sounds to yourself out loud. So a good tip is to write a script about what you want to say. And you obviously want to keep videos short and then read it out loud loud, and just hear how how it plays out. And then you sort of, then you can record. Yeah. And, And like you say, just do a couple of
1: practices. It's great advice about a teleprompter on your phone. Once I found one, it absolutely makes life so much easier. Okay, Damien, at the moment we have YouTube and Vimeo as the two main players in that video hosting space. Are there many differences in terms of those two platforms? Why would someone choose to use one over the other for their marketing videos? Are they essentially the same or is there advantages or disadvantages with each one?
0: Very different. First of all, what they are is hosting platforms. So they host content that you upload to them uh, and then they basically serve that content through different portals like social media, your website, et cetera. Let's look at Vimeo first. Vimeo essentially is a really cool platform because it's more about hosting. So what you can do is you can you can have a player on your website, you can share content and you can, you can basically brand it in your own certain way, you can brand the player. So it's all customizable. Um, and another thing about Vimeo as well, at the end of the video, it doesn't suggest the next video to watch out of a library. That is an annoying thing about YouTube because basically at the end of a video, if you've actually ever uploaded a video to YouTube and stuck it on your website, suddenly at the end, instead of it auto playing into another video or just stopping, it suggests another video that's takes people off your website, which is not what you want to do. So Vimeo is more powerful as a hosting tool. It's also a paid platform as well to really kind of get, you know, unlock the benefits from it. So we use Vimeo primarily for live streaming. So we have a pro account, which is about $2,500 a year, which is really expensive. But it unlocks all these great features so for instance if we send a video to you know someone for sign off instead of them actually writing notes and sending them back to us they can actually do that directly in the player they can actually click on the player and say I want to move this year I want to have this key message there. And then that just goes straight to our editors so it's really powerful sort of producers tool and I guess that's the best way to look at Vimeo it's a production. A video production tool, but really good for hosting. YouTube is also a really good platform, but again, it's really more around sharing and social media. So anything you're uploading in the public domain in YouTube is basically an algorithm that's meant to play uh, as the next video on people's phones. So for those of you who've got kids who probably, you know, that sit there and watch YouTube all day on the TVs because now the apps through all the TVs are essentially just, you know, gamed for YouTube. The next video they're watching is an algorithm so that's how they kind of go through all these different content and find different content. So I think YouTube is a is a really powerful tool if you're actually wanting to spread your message out there. And you've got the right sort of and you're using the right you know keywords and the right sort of algorithms you know associate your video Uh, it's also a really good place to actually advertise a business. Advertising on TV is expensive, obviously everyone knows that. But YouTube's a really powerful place to actually advertise. It's cheap to do, and you can be you can geolocate small little thirty second ads right down to the postcode in Canberra, and then they just pop up. It's basically these little ad spaces in every video that you know pop up every ten minutes, and then they play them. So I think that's that's really going to be the next playing field um, for advertisers, local advertisers. Attention, attention, marketing target.
1: Some great points there about Vimeo and YouTube, and interestingly, Damien spoke about keywords and discoverability. Now, Behind Google, YouTube is the most visited site on the internet. We also know that YouTube is in fact the second most used search engine. That's how a lot of people use it. They want to see videos on how to do things, even if they make their way to YouTube via google so if seo is part of your marketing then video can play an important part damien also spoke about the algorithm and the suggested next to watch videos at the end of each youtube video one little trick to mitigate this a little is to add a section at the end of your videos that has a call to action so add a scene at the end of your videos and let it run for sort of 10 to 20 seconds at the end and give the viewers a suggested next step that keeps them engaged with your brand. For example, it might be something like visit our website for this free resource. Do you find or or do you think that video marketing suits particular types of businesses, whether that's video is really, really good for small business or maybe it's better for large business or maybe services versus products versus I've got something really cool visually or a process driven. Do you find that there's particular types of businesses that a video is better suited for?
0: Absolutely. I think getting back to it's really, you know, depending on what you want to show your clients, that's really about boiling it down. If it's about you as a business or if your personality in the business, or let's just say we'll take a cafe and it's all about the customer experience, it's really about showing them the customer experience. If you're building an app, it's about showing the app. You know, look, looking at video production, so we're, we're probably skewed more towards the corporate and government um, world. And that's obviously bigger budgets. And, you know, there's, there's a, a lot more sort of work involved with that. And we need a team to sort of work around those, those projects. They're, that's a different domain to a small business so everything's kind of different we had some builders in here when we were building our studio in in braddon and he was like oh you're a video production company now what can we do can you can you come and work for us and i said well look i don't mean to be mean but no <laughs> because we you know i don't think that we you know we could do you uh we could produce a really glossy expensive video for your business but that's only one video i think i think really a small business benefits from multiple videos and that's why i think getting back to using your own phone and your own content is probably a lot better and a m- much more sort of uh, resonates with with the the public so what we suggested to this builder was get your iphone out and actually go on a building site and talk about the materials you're using on this build or what the challenges are or, you know, and basically document it like a diary and he did it and he actually went and did that. And his uh, followers like doubled and then tripled in a month. So, amazing just that sort of really short sharp think sort of snapchat think sort of um tiktok type of videos just really quick hey it's you know damien here and we're out in this building site and you know we can't get any timber today so we're going to work on these double glazing windows the client wanted this and that's it 30 seconds speak to the camera and and i think that really uh you know sort of reinforces what he does and also builds up that kind of personal connection with people so that's on the one scale but you know on the other scale you've got you know, corporates or government that want a really expensive flashy drones and, you know, video as well. And that's, that's, that's better suited to them as well. So it really depends on what your business is.
1: You mentioned earlier, some key parts of equipment that you might need and some considerations when you're planning your video, you spoke about tripods and lights and USB microphones and, and those sorts of things. Let's come back to that point, because I'm curious, I know I'm a little bit like this, I might see a video project is an opportunity to go out and spend some money and buy some cool toys and, and things like that. But do you really need to run out and buy expensive equipment like cameras, lights, and tripods, maybe green screens and, and all that sort of stuff? Or do you just need a few key items to just really get started and then you can refine your approach and buy more equipment if and when you need to?
0: My advice is is start small. You know, Buy things that you think you need that really minimum level. And then from there, you know, basically if you, some people really get into it and they really want to make their own content and, you know, and that they really, you know, like uh, want the quality. And so I think you can definitely work up to that, but I, I would start small and uh, if you are going to produce your own content, but you know, I mean, one of our cameras is worth almost $75,000. You know, the lenses are worth 15. The reason they're so expensive is because the quality of the output and also it's all about how you combine video and audio really easily together. And the most professional cameras have a system called XLR, which is basically a microphone input in the side. They're not like a little mini jack or a headphone jack that most of the you know prosumer uh, models have. So it's all around integrating professional audio and professional video together. The great thing about China uh, on the market now is it pretty much takes everything that the US produces and it copies it and makes it just as good. <laughs> but for nothing. So we're talking, you know, a 10th of the price. Things like lighting, um, microphones, they're actually become really, really cheap these days. So it's not that expensive to delve into the world of more professionally produced video. And you really will see the difference in the quality. Like I mentioned about the iPhone, I only use it for home videos because I just don't like the quality of the iPhone. I want a lens with some depth. I want that Um, you know, that difference. And if you go on LinkedIn, you'll see some people have invested in that and you can really notice the difference. Go, Oh, this guy does really good videos. It's because they've invested in the camera. So I think it is worth it. But again, getting back to your question, I think it's about, you know, stepping into it just bit by bit and, you know, seeing what you need and learning and then, you know, advancing from there.
1: Let's say we've got a video. It's now time probably to edit it up take out the bloopers the swearing the 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 things that you had to re-record maybe add some branding some intros and some closes and things like that so what about the software of course we all know that there is expensive editing software out there and you know it's going to have all the bells and whistles probably way more than what most people in a small or medium business are going to use but what does a small or medium business need to produce a decent video and edit it because I'm interested, you spoke about teleprompter apps before. I'm, I'm interested if there's any apps that may be handy that you'd recommend either for editing or maybe making the videos a, just a little bit more fancy for people.
0: I, I think the issue for us is that we work in professional editing software. So I don't have much experience in in uh, prosumer editing software. I, I can say from, we use Adobe Cloud, which is essentially we'll pay a subscription and we get all the Adobe products from Photoshop through to premiere which is which is the editing software and You know, if you open up Premiere, it just looks like so confusing and complex. Um, But it is, it is really, it's, it's all the sort of buttons and everything in that is to, you know, just has all the functionality. It's, it's, God, it's hard to explain it, but it's very, I think editing is a real profession. It's, it's an actual real craft. There's no computer can do it for you. It's a real human born craft and it's, it's quite a logical timeline progression. And it's, it's really about sort of understanding those concepts the good thing about Adobe is that it has excellent tutorials and they're all free and they're all, they'll step you through, they'll put a project together and you can go through everything and it's just bit by bit. It takes a few, you know, sort of days or weeks to kind of get through it, but it is a really excellent tool for that. But I think from a from a iPhone perspective, if you are going to use the phone, we did experiment with Adobe Premiere for the iPhone. It's an app. Uh, and basically what you do is you shoot in scenes and then you can drag and drop the scenes around in your phone in a timeline. I think that's a pretty good app to use as well. Uh, but again, we haven't really used it that much. So I haven't, I can't really speak to it and it would, it would again be one of those things that would be quite processor heavy editing, you know, really is our, our computers are, are totally souped up with Ram and um, you know, the best chips we can get because the, we just really need to sort of crunch through that, that big sort of uh, video file. So. I'd say my advice would be to look at the Adobe products from from that perspective and yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know if there's any others out there. I'm sure there are loads of apps you can buy to edit.
3: While Marketing Builder is the name of this podcast, it's also the name of an awesome product that can help you sort through all the fluff of marketing advice out there and focus on the important stuff. Marketing Builder is a card-based system supplemented by online video lessons that walks you through, step by step, the most important things in a marketing plan such as buyer personas, pipeline analysis, objectives, strategy, goals, budgets and the fun and sexy stuff, the marketing tactics. And there's over a hundred of them for you to consider using. The card sorting process results in a visual representation of your marketing where you can easily see how people will engage with your marketing as they move from awareness through to a customer or client. Whether you're a small business owner trying to develop a marketing plan that you can actually use and are confident in on that very limited budget, or a seasoned marketer wanting others in your organization to have real buy-in and engagement with your marketing, then Marketing Builder is perfect for you. Visit marketingbuilder.net for more information Now, the reason you're listening. Let's head back to the show.
1: I I should ask this question earlier because it's content related because I love that example that you gave about the builder where you said, look, you're not my ideal client, but here's some great advice. Go out there and, and just take people behind the scenes. That's one example. So I'm curious what do you see as being the most successful video content from a marketing perspective? So whether that marketing is trying to focus on brand awareness or maybe engagement most likely, is it how-to videos? Is it comedy? Is it taking people behind the scenes or is it something else?
0: I think that the best video content is short and sharp. The reason that TikTok has done so well is because it's really short videos and it's really consumable. So we, we kind of, whenever a client comes to us and they want to do a promo video or corporate video, we kind of say, let's just keep it down to one minute 30. One minute 30 is the exact time of a new story if you watch on, um, you know, sort of the news. So that's that's So that's kind of about the attention span, I think, that you can kind of lock people in. It really, again, depends on, you know, what you're trying to sell. I think that... You know that sort of really sort of short and sharp video content at one minute thirty is is excellent. And I think what we try to say to businesses as well is think about what your customers want to see. So for instance, as a video production company, we could probably benefit in making videos about how to make videos. So you kind of want to give some some things away, but not everything. Um, it's about how we can help. Um, but you also want to give people something. I think if they're going to watch your content, they want something out of it. They just don't want to be advertised at. So it's really that fine balance of that just raw, hey, you know, here's our services and, and buy them, as opposed to, hey, actually, did you know, we're going to teach you how to build because we're building this house and we're just going to take you through the steps because most people are really into that idea, you know, like, I, I could never build a house, but I'm kind of interested to know how it will be done. So I think it's about that old adage of not giving away the pizza or selling the pizza about learning how to make the pizza, no one can be bothered to make the pizza, so
1: they'll come and buy your pizza. Do you think it's okay or do you see maybe varying results for those that just release video content when they can or when they have the opportunity or they have an idea? Or is it better to stick, do you think, to a schedule and produce video regularly or maybe release them as a series of videos all in one go? Because I think I'm asking that question from the point of view of, well, if you can't produce video regularly, then should you even bother? Or is it just okay to be ad hoc, do you think?
0: No, (laughs) it's not. You need to be, you need to be consistent. There's so much content out there that it just gets washed away. And if you're not consistent, you can do a video once a month and people just forget your last video. They probably don't even remember it. I think you've got to be consistent. So I think if you are going to delve into video, you really do want to have a series plan, a regular plan. It's I don't think that there's any point in doing video as a one-off and again like we'll have customers that come to us and they will want to you know make a $20,000 one-off video and we sort of say well what what do you what's the plan with it what's next what are you doing what what are, what are, what are customers doing once they watch that video and they don't know so i think it's really about thinking what do you want your customers to do at the end of the video where do you want them to be do you want them to be on your website do you want them to be filling out a contact form do you want them you know getting a download or you know some sort of um a brochure do you want them just to subscribe to your channel like you've really got a i think the best way to look at video is on probably any uh content marketing is start from the the end you know where where do you want your customers uh, to be what do you want them to do and then you sort of work backwards from that so when i did my little video series on on linkedin uh, it was all about, you know, how to use your phone and how to, you know, I don't know, think about backgrounds, etc. And I probably did one video a week for four weeks, and I got a really good following. But then I kind of went, well, what am I doing here? You know, like, where, where am I taking people? Um, so I didn't really think through it as well. So I think it's really about, you know, sitting down thinking about where you want your customers to be, and then creating a lot of content. Um, you know, because it's really about that consistency. And that's what I said. I'm going back to the builders again, but that's what I said to them. Don't just do one video, do one a week, you know, and actually see and and listen to your audience too, you know, because they'll comment and sort of see, you know, resonate from what they want. And then you basically change your content goals on that as well. Unless you're a very rigid person and you've got a marketing company working with you that are basically delivering a, a prescribed sort of list of, of content. If you're doing it yourself, I think, yeah, it's, a, it's all about listening Uh, I'm providing something to people that they want.
1: And it's great advice too, because I feel, I know I'm definitely like this, and I think you hear stats. I'm just going to make them up because I can't actually remember what the saying is, but you have to do something 20 times before it becomes a habit, right? And so video, if you're going to produce video, you need to get in the habit. producing that, If that's every second Monday, you have that time blocked out, and as you said, you think about the end and you've been planning, then you know when you sit down, you've got something to work towards rather than thinking, well, what am I going to create a video about this week? Oh, I don't know. It's all too hard. And then you just go back to work and do your own thing. You lose the habit and the regularity of that. So I asked about planning before. Let's say I want to produce a video. Let's go for that one thirty mark that you spoke about a minute ago. How much effort goes into making that happen for a business do you think in terms of time? For example, for every one minute 30 of actual video that is produced, is it 30 minutes or is it an hour for every minute and a half or more? What's your gut feel in terms of effort versus final video?
0: Oh, look, it really depends on what sort of content you're creating. I think, you know, if you're just sticking a microphone in front of you and your headphones and you're just, you know, talking about, I don't know, you're just doing a video blog, it's, it's pretty quick and pretty easy. Um, if you're producing something and you know, it's more of a sequence. So we, we talk about video production in sequencing. So essentially we're saying, how do we build a scene? Where does the camera start? Where does it finish? How does everything edit together? If we're, if we're looking more at a sort of a, you know, professionally produced video, we're probably looking at a eight hours to film a one minute 30 video. And then for editing, we're looking at around, depending on the complexity of the edit, if we're adding animation or, you know, if we're color grading, you're sort of looking at another, I don't know, three days on top of that. So yeah, it's about a week turnaround for us for for a one minute 30 professionally produced video. So it's quite laborious and slow. But in saying that, that's, that's a crew and processes and sort of a formula, et cetera. And we're sort of working in a professional context. But I think, yeah, it kind of gets back to that editing thing, you know, we were talking about before. It's just about if you're just shooting scenes of a business and, you know, you've got a voiceover and you're editing the scenes on top of the voiceover, for example, I think, yeah, every, it's a, it's a pretty slow process. So, you know, you don't want to rush it. You don't want to be sort of saying, Oh, you know, I'm not getting where I want to get in. Cause it's only take, I've, I've been working on this for four hours. And again, it's you know it's back to sort of what you want to give your clients because I mean I know you uh, Daniel do a bit of editing yourself and it's you know what it, I'm talking about you can you can really get stuck in the edit hole because suddenly you're there going hold on oh there's just so many options for how this could look you know so yeah it, it can it can really become overwhelming I think so it's about keeping it simple sticking to a plan. And really, you know, just nutting it out on paper, even you know, or just sort of a, some sort of a thought bubble to say, this is what I want to produce. Here's the scenes I want to shoot. Here's the voiceover I want to write. So I just, you just got to keep it really kind of on schedule.
1: I 100% agree. I think the planning is so important. I I find with this podcast and the other podcasts I look after for clients, or any type of work, but but primarily these ones where you're recording, that the, the prep provides a disproportionate benefit to the editing so half an hour of prep might save me three hours of editing later on so great chat so far Damien and I asked you on the show because of obviously your extensive experience but also because as we've heard throughout you've mentioned it a couple of times you have a successful studio in Braddon in Canberra and it would be unfair not to let you come on the show and, and and plug so please fire away tell us about it and I know firsthand that there's podcasting capability in there as well not just video.
0: Yeah, that's right. So uh essentially we um the a tenancy became available next door at uh, at our building here in Lonsdale Street. And uh, we thought, you know what, let's let's build a studio because it would just be nice to have something that we can sort of, you know, produce our content in. And we were always, we didn't really have a space we could shoot our own content. We always had to go to other people's uh facilities. And uh, this was uh six months before COVID. <laughs> And then you know we sort of built it. I think it was still in in bits when COVID sort of hit with lockdown. It's, it's funny I can't really remember lockdown one as much as I'm remembering lockdown two. But uh, I think we sort of launched and there was just nothing going on. It was terrible. I was like, what have we done here? And we 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 built a really nice studio, but we didn't really think about what the next steps would be. And it was almost like you know what we're talking about video. We sort of didn't really think of the end the end user. And then once the Victorian lockdown happened and everyone went these events, they're, they're not going to happen. Physical events are going to be really, you know, cooked from the, from now on. That's when the phone started ringing and we just got fully booked. So essentially we morphed from one studio. Uh, we get a lot of requests for podcasts and voiceover recording. So we wanted to build a, a second studio. So we built uh, the studio I'm sitting in today, which is a, a smaller uh, sort of room, but we've soundproofed it and we've sort of got the sort of whole uh, podcasting and voiceover capabilities here. Uh, and then we built a green room as well. So where clients could come in, they could wait before they go into the studios. So the second build version two was, uh, we did over uh, summer last year when it's a bit quieter. Um, we really sort of spent probably about 150 grand on on the on the new build just really reinforcing the walls the doors the soundproofing so we could have the facility operating so you could have people in the green room people in studio a people in studio b and they couldn't hear each other and we could produce across the two areas the is really sort of much better than it was when we kind of first started and and i think we're really sort of on the right track now And i think from a uh, you know a sort of technology perspective we're always looking for ways that we can improve it we are always looking for customer feedback as well so for instance we had the entire cast from Priscilla Queen of the Desert came in and they uh you know from the Queen Bean stage play and they all took photos in their in their boas and you know it was glitter everywhere and sequence all over the floor and we asked them you know hey what what can we do to make it a better experience and they said there weren't makeup mirrors so we invested in makeup mirrors so I guess what we're trying to do is sort of build a facility that sort of people really come and enjoy to use it is open for public bookings but I would say it's probably more skewed to people who are probably a bit more into the production side of things that, you know, they they want that professional sort of um, quality of the production. It's not, it's not to come in and take baby photos. It's a uh, sort of a place where people want the professional studio. They want the professional sound production and we're a professional crew as well. So it's kind of like skewed more in that middle market for, for that offering.
1: I've always wondered why is that waiting room called a green room? no idea
0: no i do know so a green apparently is a color that makes you calm so it's about calming people down i think one of the biggest things i see when we produce a video is that people really stress out about it the most interesting thing is and you know we get top aps executives we get politicians we get every sort of, you know, mix of people in here. It's the people that are the most confident when they walk in are the least confident on camera. They come a part of the scene. There's a very interesting study, psychological study. We'll have people that will walk in and go, oh, my God, I, I can't go on camera. This is the worst thing that's ever going to happen. Walk in front of the camera, bam, nail it. Don't even sweat. And then you people who will just walk in and go, oh, man, this is going to be simple. And they're just, like, oh, can I start again? And, oh, 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 and they overthink it. So a green room is a really great place to kind of chill out before you go on set. This is just a relaxing room is essentially what, yeah, the, the term green is.
1: So is it actually full of green stuff? We, well, it's got greenery in it. <laughs>
0: no, no, it's not green. <laughs> we haven't painted it green. We do have a green screen, uh, which wraps around the whole studio, um, but that's not a very nice, that's, that's, that's chroma, which is quite an anxiety-inducing colour, I think.
1: <laughs> well, this has been an outstanding chat, Damien. If people want to connect with you, keep the conversation going, learn more about your work and how you can help, Maybe come in and check out the studio, check out the non green room or video or podcasting. What can they do? Where can they go?
0: Our video production company is called Newcast, which is newcast.com.au. And that's also at Newcast Studios. Uh, if you want to find us on social media and Lonsdale Street Studios at Lonsdale Street Studios or Lonsdale Street Studios.com, you can have a look at our facilities there as well.
1: And of course, listeners will put links to all of those in the show notes at marketingbuilder.net. Damien Maher, Managing Director at Newcast Studios. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your advice and your expertise around video for business marketing. Thanks, Daniel. As I said at the top of the show, video is a strong consideration for many businesses, but as Damien kept coming back to, and which I 100 percent agree with you have to understand your broader why why are you using video in your marketing i.e what are your overall objectives and goals that's true of any marketing tactic to be honest and wasn't that chat full of lots of good and practical advice from damien on the video front and as we heard the studio in Braddon, canberra australia has some great facilities so if you are needing video or a podcast recording space Get in and check it out when you can. In the meantime, head to the show notes at marketingbuilder.net where I've provided links to newcast.com.au, longsdalestudio.com, and Damien's LinkedIn profile. That's a wrap for episode 50. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and it's been amazing having you listen to the show and I trust you got lots of value out of it. Remember, as always, marketing is about finding people with a need and getting them to trust you. As such, your job is to get the right information to the right people at the right time. Loved this episode. Good. Make sure you don't miss the next one. And subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever it is you listen to your podcast. I'd also love to hear from you and what marketing you are crushing, or maybe you're finding it tough at the moment, you're stuck on something, you want to share a great success, maybe you've got a question. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for Daniel Oyston or follow Marketing Builder on Facebook or Instagram. Just search for Marketing Builder or the handle MKTBLD. Until next time, may your marketing be awesome, and I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Marketing Builder.
2: This show was developed, hosted, and produced by Daniel Oyston from Content Grasshopper, the creator of Marketing Builder. Marketing Builder is the easy-to-use, step-by-step card sorting system for cutting through all the marketing fluff out there and to help you build a marketing plan you are actually on board with. For more information, visit marketingbuilder.net or contentgrasshopper.com.au. Thanks for listening.